turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. To get you. To get you. To get you. And I mean, let's just be real about what online dating is. It doesn't guarantee that we're going to find a relationship. No. However, it does improve our chances. It yeah. improves the probability. So I mean, like, really just take it for what it is. The homeboy, Kenton Ramsey in here. How you doing today, man? Hey, doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Not a problem, bro. And I got Chris Lewis back in here. What's good with you, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Blessed to be here, man. That's what's up. I'm trying to get this mic down. I'm like, shit like Shaq was sitting in this damn seat. All right, man. So uh, we got a great show lined up for you, man. We weren't here last week. You know, we had to take a little break. Had to do a little R&R to kind of bounce back. But... I wanted to talk. We brought Chris in today because I know if you guys have been listening, we were talking about the event that's coming up on February 27th, where the reality is will be hosting on the red carpet, helping out with the uh, what's the name of it, Chris? The ninth annual ninth annual STEM Scholastic fundraiser event. Scholastic. So what does it entail and uh, what are you guys hosting this for? Um, well, you know, I mean, the premise is pretty much to uh, increase the number of black engineers um, successfully. I mean, professionally and, you know, whatnot. So, you know, there's not too many black engineers out in the field so it's like then the money is tight especially for a lot of African Americans yeah you know, so I mean, school is not cheap, so we want to like, balance that out. So the premise is, you know, we're gonna have a wine tasting uh, by one of the uh, only uh, African American uh, liquor and wine distributors in North Texas. See, I didn't even know that 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 was what it was, bro. Yeah, I didn't know that either, man. His one, um, actually, uh, Jimmy Gassens, he's yeah. a, uh ex uh, football player. I mean, a good brother. I know who you're talking about. Okay, I know yeah, you're talking about now. Doing some, doing some great things, and uh, you know, he had, I reached out to him, and you know, he was 100 percent down. So, but anyway, you know, this is pretty much what you do. You know, have a good time, wine tasting. We got uh, the Dallas Poetry Slam Club, you know, and, you know, hopefully the more you drink, the more you're going to donate. Man, I say come drunk if you can. <laughs> Definitely pregame. But all that money, no, none of the proceeds is going towards, you know, our organization. It's all going towards the kids. Right. So we're supporting all the Nesby chapters in uh, North Texas. And why is it so important um, for STEM to be introduce more so into the black community um it's the premise of everything yeah like this microphone um the way you're like navigating through this keyboard yeah. you know this monitor you know um it's a lot of money behind it um it's a lot of uh, impactful things you can do about it you know the premise is that everybody's not gonna be lebron james michael True. jackson you know kanye yeah but you can be work along them yeah you know, you can be like just Blaze, or you can be. You That's know. true on the back end, exactly. And I tell, I think, uh, I think Obama said it a couple of years ago, where he was talking about it's a lot of. You know, people say it's not jobs out here, and it's like it really is a lot of jobs out here. It's about are you in that field or what are you going to school for? And I've even said before, like a lot of times growing up in the black community, you really don't know what all you can be. And I know growing up, like I've said before, all you really hear about is I want to be a fireman. I want to be a teacher. I want to be this. I want to be, it's, it's always the basic things, a doctor, a nurse or something like that. And like I said, when I went to Atlanta and then came to Dallas, I didn't know anything about like engineering and, and stuff like that and aerodynamics. And when I started hearing about it, I'm like, I can do that. Or like you say, working, you know, the, the operating board for the person who's singing behind the mic or, you know, whatever the case may be. So with STEM, I, for me, I definitely think it's a big deal to introduce it. A lot of a lot of kids are smart, especially in the black community. But it's like you don't know what to do with it. Think about it. 
we're going to get on the Jay-Z thing later. But in order to be a drug dealer, you got to have some kind of mindset of economics and know how to deal with things because you're dealing with ounces and bricks and whatever else. You know what I'm saying? So you have to have some sort of business savvy. So why not use that in a professional way or a way that could keep you out of prison and give you some long term wealth and long term riches and be able to help somebody else out? Um, I know one of the big things you do um, is mentoring. And to me, with the mentoring programs that you've been in and things that you've done around the city, what do you why do you think it's so important in mentoring, being an engineer, being a black engineer and, and allowing the kids to see that? Because they feel like the only way you can drive a nice car or dress nice as you do is you got to sell drugs. You got to you got to get in the game of rapping or something. So what's the importance in behind mentoring for you? I mean, mentoring is, I mean, the black community. I mean, if you look, it's nothing new. Yeah. Like back in, you know, pre-civil rights, you know, what I'm saying before, you know, integration. I mean, it was nothing for, you know, a young black man to see a lawyer, a doctor, um, a, a dentist, yeah. you know, a disc jockey, you know. But what happened was, you know, since we, we started getting like well off, we started getting like better jobs and stuff like we felt like we need to move away. Yeah. So now, like when we grew up, there's a lack of exposure. Exposure is the key. You know, I don't want the, you know, uh, the generation behind me constantly in jail. So yeah. what can I do? You know, um, so I talked to a lot of like, young professionals, like if you don't have kids, one day you will have kids. Yeah. So what are you leaving for tomorrow? Yeah. You know, like I have a little girl. I got I got to breed some nice, good young men for my little girl one day. You know what I'm saying? Because hey, it's, it's it's crazy out here. You no know? kids, man. And I'm, yeah, no yeah, kids. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. If I have a kid, I definitely don't want a daughter. I don't even want to have to deal with it. I know me at 18. Yeah, man. So. I was doing more than counting with my fingers. Hey, when we all, but <laughs> hey, that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> But, you know, it's just like, you know, teaching the kids about engineering. There's so many different disciplines within engineering, yeah. computer, mechanical, <laughs> you know. And on top of that, you know, you're teaching them about, you know, work-life balance, yeah. you know, travel, you know, getting, getting outside your hometown. Yeah. One of the best things I ever did was leave Dallas. I think that's a hard part for a lot of people our age still to, to go past uh, Zang Avenue. Uh, off of 35. I mean, I think interaction and exposure to different things, which is what you're doing, is is a, is very important. Like you say, people, especially black people, we are very like closed minded from in a lot from a lot of perspectives. You see the brother, like I know I saw you do the photo shoot on Facebook, and it was great, by the way. Appreciate. And it was one of those things where, like you said, you're trying to change the perception of black men. You know, we we you know not every black dude is sagging or you know out here gang banging, shooting whatever. Like you got the suit on. And today you got the T-shirt and jogging pants. But what is the perception? The perception of black men is mostly what you're wearing today, but with a negative connotation tied to it. So it's important that we do have the mentor programs to say, hey, you can look this way because you worked hard. Not because you, you know, not saying drug dealers don't work hard. I mean, you know, you got to work late in the night for that. But it's no it's it's no long term gain, long term gain to that type of lifestyle. So, I mean, with for me, when I think about mentoring growing up, I didn't have my father. But like you said, mentoring has been happening for a long time. It could be mentoring, if you really think about it, it could be that thing where if you're running in the neighborhood with your kids and that guy who's always sitting on the porch or watering his lawn is telling you, you know, dropping you little nuggets here and there, you know, pull your pants up, act right, treat people right, stop fighting out here, stop hollering and stop talking so loud. They may not have been around every day, but mentoring is some way of keeping you in line and also having some kind of uh, giving you some kind of positive perception of what a man is, you know, and a lot of times in the black community, we don't have that. 
that. And if we don't have the father, then you have the granddad, you have the uncle, or you have your homeboy's dad. I know for me, I had a best friend growing up, and his dad kind of stepped in my life to show me certain things. So, like you said, mentoring has been going on a long time in the black community. In reference to to Kenton, I'm sure you mentoring somebody up at the University of Texas at Arlington, man. Man, that's a part of the job description. <laughs> <laughs> that's a part of tenure and promotion. So, of course. <laughs> so, when you think about mentorship for yourself, like, what do you feel like the, the importance of mentorship is? Or mentorship? I would definitely say exposure. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely have to co-sign what you're saying. You know, you said the best thing is you got to Dallas. I think the best thing I did was to get out of Jackson, Tennessee. Not necessarily to run away from home. Yeah. But just to see that differences between black people and black people. Yeah. You know, so just that exposure, it teaches you a few things, you know, unknowingly. Like, how do you... I mean, how do you talk to different people yeah. in different settings? How yeah. do you talk to different black people in yeah. different settings? And what's the importance of all of that? So now, nah, yeah, the exposure is so much. So with you being, and, and, and I want to, first of all, tell them what you do. And then I'll read this uh, extensive biography that was so uh, well put on UTA's website. But just tell them what you do. All right, so basically I'm a professor of English and Digital Humanities. Digital Humanities is this new buzzword in the academy, and I have no idea what it means. I was just about to say I've never even heard of that. Yeah, but I can tell you what I do. <laughs> I do corpus linguistics. I do data mining. I do data analytics. So yeah. basically I'm thinking about how can we use black data about black artists, about yeah. black writers, let's just say black artists yeah. in general, and make data-driven discoveries based off of that. And I'm more so preparing students, giving them tangible skills, sets to use in the consulting industry, you know, as using this software. So you're getting trained in the yeah. class, but using different subjects. Okay. And to give you a little backdrop on him before we talk about uh, how Kenton is kind of including Jay-Z into his everyday curriculum right now up at the University of Texas Arlington. So when I looked you up this morning, I was like, okay, I talked to Lanisha. She's the one uh, who gave me the insight to, hey, bring Kenton in. He's very well spoken. He has this and this and that. So shout out to Lanisha for putting me on game in this. What's up, Lanisha? Yeah, I needed this, I needed the, uh, this drop you know, it was kind of crazy this week, so it was a last-minute move-in. But Ken Ramsey received his Ph.D. in May 2015 and his master's in English in uh, May of 2012 from the University of Kansas. He's a 2010 magna cum laude, uh, Phi Beta Kappa graduate of Morehouse College. He finished Morehouse as the top-ranking scholar in the English department and received the distinction of being named the 2010 William Pickens Scholar. In 2008, he received a UNCF Mellon Mays Fellowship, and in 2009, he received, is it Schumberg? Schumberg Mellon Humanities Fellowship, having served as a research assistant at both Vanderbilt University with Bishop Joseph Johnson uh, Black Cultural Center in Nashville, Tennessee, and Auburn Avenue Research Library on African-American culture and history in Atlanta, Georgia. From 2012 to 2014, Kenton served as the Program Academic Committee Chair for the Association for the Study of Life and African-American History. Kenton specializes in African-American short stories, social geographies, and digital humanities. There's that word again. Text mining, topic modeling, and math softwares. When I read this, I said he's a nerd. I, but the thing about it is, bro, you could be so brody in your attitude and egotistical. Same thing with Chris. You know, when I found out he was an engineer making good money traveling, doing these things, neither one of you guys come off as assholeish, stuck up. Humble you know what I'm saying? And you get that. You always talk when you start really finding black elites, you start talking about classism and elitism. And I did not get that from you guys. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I definitely want to Kenton in and always bring Christian uh, Chris back in and let him know like bro I appreciate brothers like y'all because it's like too many times we have situations to where we get a little money 
we get a little status, we get a little name, and we better than everybody else. We looking down right. our nose at somebody else, and I did not get that from you, from you guys, man. And and like I say, for me, it's even humbling to even be sitting here, you know, with guys like you that are doing these type of things. Now, I did want to throw out, you know, I do photography, Robert Poe photography. I said I got to get a picture of Ken, and because I was, I saw your picture on there, and I said he looked like a Kanye West background. It got like the highlights in the background. <laughs> oh yeah, man, yeah. he got his necklace. Yeah, he got his necklace on in here. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> on some African Bumbada. <laughs> so, uh, I wanted one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Ken, was like, what made you want to teach at the university level? Well, I think first and foremost is important to say I'm a researcher. Yeah, you know, I'm a researcher, and UT Arlington, I mean, Texas is seen it's, it's, it's booming. Right yeah, now. it is. They have a lot of money to support different research programs. They had like so I participated in a national search. Went to a few different places, but when I saw the infrastructure, and I, I do want to put this in because you know I went to grad school, you know, to do this, come back as a researcher to teach, but I wanted to really teach people of color. Yeah, and being the fifth most diverse school in the nation, that was a big selling point. For yeah, me to come here, you know. And I think with, uh, with and I'm gonna uh, a student at UTA. Um, it is big on diversity. I think the only thing about it when it comes to as diverse as it is, we still are kind of segregated. You know what I'm saying? Like the blacks deal with the blacks. Texas. The, you know, the Hispanics stay with the Hispanics. The whites are with the whites. And then... Um, it's a big Indian culture, you know, and they stick, you know, I mean, if you go to the engineering department, it's all Indian. <laughs> I mean, when you, if you, when you went, I'm pretty sure it was very few black people when you were taken up. It was uh, four graduated out of uh, 50. That's what they were Afri- African-American. Yeah, it's not, yes. it's not a lot of us. And I think one of those things, and I think with what you're doing, Kenton, with the uh, implementing the Jay-Z structure into the course, it kind of brings that diversity. I watched the news when they did the report on you, and it was a white girl saying, I didn't know this about Jay-Z, and I didn't know that he did these things. Because in the media, they're not going to portray that. So what made you want to bring the, the Jay-Z concept to the classroom? Well, I think number one is, yeah, you know, speaking on diversity, that's a real big issue because yeah. it's fifth diverse school in the nation, most upper school in the nation, that's not necessarily reflected in the faculty. Not at all. So, you know, I was new to the hood when I first got there. I'm new to UTA. I'm the new guy. So I did a listening. Like, I want to listen to students and see what they wanted. Yeah. And as we're talking about diversity, we young sometimes, oftentimes, really almost just like referring to like diversity of color, race, yeah. bodies. But I'm thinking about diversity of thought. Yeah. That's the one thing I was into. So I had so many engineering students coming to me, engineering students finding me, um, architecture students, journalism students. They say, hey, I want to take some lit courses. Yeah. I want to take some lit courses in black lit. So I was like, huh, what can we do? What can, what we, can do? we do? So the biggest thing is, I know we're talking about okay, diversity in terms of race, but I like to say I have engineering students in my Jay-Z course. Yeah. I have, you know, English students. Like, it's, it's not one type one of thing that I have. Yeah. So, yeah, diversity is it's different. Diversity of thought and diversity of, like, bodies in my class. That's, that's dope. But when, you, when you're talking about, like, Jay-Z, like, what, I guess what structure are you using to, to, <laughs> to talk about Jay-Z? Well, he's telling autobiographical stories. Yeah. And as we know from, you know, 1845, I might be wrong on that day, Frederick Douglass is the narrative of his life. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that we really look back as a seminal text to starting like is we're talking about the black arts, black power movement. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself, it's so many black men talking about their lives, talking about how they overcame certain issues yeah. in their life. Jay-Z fits that train, I believe. Yeah. Because we forget these writers, these writers that we say are serious writers, they also sold a lot. Yeah. Jay-Z sells a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's an entry point. Yeah. And 
I would definitely say so. We use that. We use data mining software to look at the actual language, the linguistics, break it down to see, hey, how does Frederick, I mean, how does Jay-Z relate linguistically to Frederick Frederick Douglass? We have proof to back this up. Yeah. So that's dope. I didn't, I never even, when I, when I heard it, I was just like, I wonder, I mean, how are we using this to, to make sense of it? Especially, like I say, I mean, it's, it's a state university. I, you know, like I say, you never really hear anything positive about rappers, even the positive things that they do do. So I was just like, how is Kitten going to implement this into the curriculum? My, my biggest thing that I think that, that you're doing with the diversity part, like you said, you're opening up minds. You're, you're, you're starting the conversation. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing about it. a lot of people don't want to have the conversation. Uh, you hear like people always talking about like right now, what's big in the news is with, you know, Beyonce and the black power movement. But white people are talking about it, but they're so uneducated in reference to why she did what she did. It was somebody, uh, I forgot the the news person, but they were talking about like the bullets that she had like strapped across her chest. And they were like, you know, that's very aggressive. And it was, I think it was Charlemagne who was like, uh, that was in tribute to Michael Jackson. If anybody remembers Michael Jackson and the jacket he had, he had the jacket with the bullet, you know, right. the bullet X on his, right. you know, and it's like, we're so... I think it's like this. I tell people, you got to be careful when you allow white people to tell a black person's story. You can't because they may tell a little bit something that's true, but they can sprinkle a little of a, a little of his story. But see, in this, there. Is, this is why I like uh, a media ally of your caliber is yeah. so important. Yeah, because we typically tend to sell out. You know, we look at the uh, shortcoming of money yeah. rather than the long-term power control yeah. to put out our own to story. put out our own content. I was telling somebody that the other day. You know, I get asked all the time, "Have you tried to apply for like Radio One or anything else like that?" You know, you're you're bringing all these people in. You have good topics, and I'm like, they're not gonna let me talk about this. They're not gonna let me say fuck shit, bitch. And white people are wrong for certain shit. They're not gonna allow it. Now, I tell people all the time, "Do I want to make money? Yes, I do want to make more money, but not at the cost of not being able to create content." I'm reading. Uh, I think it's Catherine. Russell Brown uh, race crime and justice right now and she was talking about in the book about how I forgot the word that, that she used but it was basically talking about how blacks protected their leaders in in uh, like in the media you know what I'm saying like when OJ you know when whatever happened with OJ OJ pretty much had disowned black people you know what I'm saying but when he got caught up we were to you know we were there for it to rescue him and protect him why it's like that black protectionism like we protect our own to a certain extent for me to be able to put this type of content out it's important because nobody we have like I said we have too many white people or people that are not black telling our story and it's 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 not they only do it when it's beneficial to them and to be able to tell our story I think you have to be able to tell it unapologetically you got to be able to say things that need to be said without wondering if you're hurting somebody's feelings. You know what I'm saying? And 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 money, like I said, it's it's good. It's big. But Charles Barkley and, you know, whoever else, they're not going to be able to say things mm-hmm. that they really want to say when somebody else is cutting you a five hundred thousand dollar check to Absolutely. say, uh, you know, black people, you know, uh, like Trayvon Martin uh, type of situation. You know, they can't come on and say it was wrong for him to shoot him. He was he's he's a black kid and a white guy shot him down is because of race. They have to say. Well, I just have to see the whole video. I have to see, did he say something? What did he? But no matter if he said something or did something, did he deserve to die? But that's white media to whitewash it to say, hey, you can talk about this, but only so far. You can't tell the whole truth. You know what I'm saying? So not to get off topic, but um, 
the whole the the Beyonce thing, I was hearing Tammy Lauren talk about it to Charlemagne, and you know she was just talking about Black Panther this, Black Panther that, and it was so crazy that uh, did any of you watch the Black Panther documentary that came on PBS this week? I did. It was awesome. Uh, it's recorded. I didn't get to see it, so I had to do my own research. Check it out. But you know, it I, it made me dive into it because you know Tammy Tammy Lauren was uh, Tammy Lauren was basically saying like they were a terrorist group. What? If you do any kind of research for Black Panthers, you know what I'm saying? You do any kind of research, they literally just protected their people from police brutality, being bullied, and things being taken from them or being treated in a certain way. Then they, you know, they they started running these camps and these things to feed children and feed people in a neighborhood who didn't have certain things to survive, you know, life day-to-day necessities to survive. Now, I did read on some stuff, you know, with the, uh, I think it's Cohen Pro, Cointel Pro, mm-hmm. that shut them down. It was ran by J. Edgar Hoover and everything. But it was one of those things they said that they started shutting them down because they were, you know, uh, dealing in drugs and things of that nature. I'm not going to say they didn't. The CIA did too, but uh, that was where I was going with it. Okay. But what, I mean, the the company. I mean, this this country is funded by drugs. When they go pick up these drug dealers and take ten billion dollars, you think they fence to go put that back into the economy? Nah, they build. It, it's funding their wars. It's funding everything that they do. You can jump in, can you? If you nah, you know, I mean, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. After seeing her, I didn't know who she was. Yeah. But however, I'm gonna say this about her. I'm gonna let me give her a round of applause because you know, <laughs> to Kate from Jay Z, you can't knock the hustle. Yeah. I know who she is yeah. now, and you know, one thing that's exactly. disturbing about me is not her ideas about it. But I just never heard her say that police brutality is wrong. Yeah. I was more concerned with that, but I'm like, she has a job. She kind of owes Charlemagne a kickback for yeah. even getting her this much attention. And he said that, bro. Show. Yeah, like she six, owes six him. bottles like Drake. Yeah, he said it. He was like, you know, she got me. He's like, yeah. she got me. He was like, and and uh, I think it was his co-host Andrew Schultz. He was like, bro, you put her on. He's like, nobody knew about her. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about her, and I didn't even know she was right here in Dallas. That's what I didn't know. But the thing that made it worse to me, I tweeted, she's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. She didn't go research the Black Panthers. A producer. Brought her a piece of paper, <laughs> said, hey, this is this is this. This is a hot button issue. Beyonce's popping right now. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to go with. Because the whole time she had that debate, she didn't really have facts. When you enter into a debate, the most important thing is having facts to back up the sources that you're talking about. She did. All she did was give personal opinion. I felt like Beyonce. I felt like the Black Panthers are this. We feel like. But what did the statistics say? And that's where Charlemagne was like, well, in reality, they were not this. They didn't do this. They had somebody who was a leader who told them they don't use guns unless, you know, it's needed. And, you know, to basically reinforce that they're not going to be taking this stuff from the police. And then he went on to say it was one point where she was like, well, you know, they they um, well, she was like, well, you saying they didn't they didn't, you know, uh, indulge in, in violence. She was like, but when the police came to them violently, they reacted with violence. He was like, exactly. Because they were protected. It's called, and what is it called? Um, it's called stand your ground. Yeah, stand your ground. But it was another word that was being used, like you know, self defense. It was basically like it's self defense. If they're coming to kill you and they're beating your your head in, you got to fight back. They talk about that in the PBS documentary too, where like the FBI and the local uh, police force, they didn't like serve a warrant or anything. Nothing. They just like busted in. Yeah. So what would you do? Any you know. American, you know, black, white, or other. Yeah. You know, what you gonna do when somebody that walk in your door? You gonna like, you know, protect, you know, defend yourself. And they were talking about how um, with with COINTELPRO, they kind of like infiltrated and per, you know, um, 
found out ways to like create lies and create you know have people like infiltrate they wanted to be in this you know program or help out but in reality they were finding ways to break them apart they were finding ways to assassinate the most powerful leaders and things of that nature and I'm just like why is it when the government does shit it's all right Mm. it's been like that well you know I want to talk about something like that though because you know I mean first that's we we shorten it to the Black Panther Party true the Black Panther Party for self-defense yeah that's number one and two I want to talk about how America American culture in some ways is indebted to the Black Panthers. We don't have free lunch before the Black Panthers. We don't have this research on sickle cell before the Black Panthers. We don't even have a concept of these community clinics before yeah. the Black Panthers. So yeah, J. Edgar Hoover, yeah, you did a lot. You dismantled them. But however, at the same time, you definitely took infrastructure. Yeah. And this has been implemented across America because since I've been born, the free lunch program has been going on. Nigga, if the free lunch program wasn't going on and we a nigga wouldn't even have 220 sitting on these bones. I'm telling you, straight up, bro. Skinny bone. That extra lunch milk. I remember going to I remember going into the lunchroom and I could tell niggas had both parents. Niggas eating half a pizza and throwing a rest. No, nigga. Put it back in that little plastic wrap that it came in. Give me your cup of corn. And if you ain't drinking that extra milk. Pass it this way. Can we change that? Can we change the meal? Like we need to like do something about that. Pizza and corn. Who who thought of that? Uh, it, it, it was your fiber. I mean, the pizza was greasy enough to get you moving, bro. Corn is not even beneficial to the human body. It goes straight through you. But it's so much money being made off corn. If I could have a corn fill, I would. Syrup. Yeah, artificial every, sweeteners. Yeah. High fructose corn syrup. I would use all that. So, but you know what? That's another part of the engineering thing. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? It's like knowing what to buy into, knowing what to go to school for. I think a lot of times in the black community too, we go to school for things that are easy. We just want to get a degree and get out. That's what I hear a lot of people say right now. You know, at, at even at UTA, you know, they're like, I just want to get in. What can I get to graduate? I ain't gonna lie, I've been there. Spanish is not my strong suit. But on the back end, it's gonna be hard to get you a job. It certain, is. Certain markets are oversaturated. Exactly. You know? um, that's Teaching why, and stuff like that. That's why him of, going to the university level is a big deal. Right. That's why I give a lot of kudos to like uh, like Indian Africans because you know they understand the importance of certain you know aspects because they want to benefit their community. So they push for engineers, doctors, you know, dentists, you know, because it's a way to make money. Look. Looking for revenge All summer 16 All summer 16 Playing dirty, not clean Out front for a season Looking like a damn football team All in the same thing All rapping one thing Looking for revenge To do what you couldn't do Tell Obama that my verses are just like the whips at the end. They bulletproof. Minus 20, we in Pitfield at Case Kitchen in the Canada booth. But man, I'm glad I'm not alone, bro. Man, his ab lifts reminds me of Jeezy. Bro. They're just so captivating. It, I, the, the first one I really started listening to was uh, Slime Season 2. And I was running around like an African in the living room. <laughs> Artiz is like, I'm not going to listen. And I was like, okay, let me turn this on for you. And like from track one to like 10. You know, I like, uh, have you ever seen Beast of No Nation with uh, Idris Elba? Yeah. And you, did you see when he was uh, kind of um, <laughs> rallying them up and he was doing that with his shirt? Oh, I was just bouncing around the living room, just going, especially with the big racks, bro. I was like, shit, this dude. I, I think I, I think more so I stopped liking him. Or I did. I started out not liking him because I was a fan of Lil Wayne. And it was like him and Lil Wayne had that beef. And I was just like, who the, fuck, who the fuck is this dude think he is to come at a dude who's been in the game like 10 years and, and has been the best? And then, you know, it's like, I'm not going to say he killed Wayne because he didn't. But Wayne killed himself. He's killing himself. Absolutely. With this shitty music. Still he talking about. 
fucking hoes and drinking and cars. And I'm like, where's the content, man? That's why I like the old Lil Wayne, man. Hot boys, where's the content? Green. You know, I stopped listening to Lil Wayne, honestly, consistently, what, Carter? Three or four? I stopped, yeah. I stopped on four because even his mixtape started being subpar. But you know what? That's why I think Baby had a point when he want to release the album because yeah. the album costs so much money. And I'm yeah. like, dude, you're not selling. You're not selling. And you're not even streaming. No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nothing. So where's the money coming yeah. from? I don't know, man. I I don't know. I, you know, but I will say to people because you still have some people saying hip hop is whack, hip hop is dead. Hip hop is flourishing more now to me than it ever has been. You got Kendrick Lamar. You got J. Cole. You got Drake, you got uh, Bryson Tiller that just came onto the scene. You got people that you know. You got the hood rap with uh, Young Thug, mm-hmm. Future. Yeah, trap. I mean, you still got it, and then you got somebody like Ti, like the old school Ti, <laughs> which they're old school now yeah, yeah, compared to the new heads. <laughs> right. But you got the you know Wayne may drop some, Jay Z may drop some, Kanye still big in the game. Like you got a lot of people. You still got the Rihannas. You still got Post Malone coming out. You got um, shit. I was looking at the. The setup of Kanye's album and, and who all he had on it, I think. Let me see where I put it at. Shit. I thought I had it on here. Point blank, dude got a lot. I wrote an article earlier this week on TheRealityIs.com about Kanye and his music. And this has to be, to me, one of the most creative albums in reference to just like... Everybody that he brought on, you know, he tweeted out that, you know, Future wrote on the album, which I don't know what the fuck Future wrote because I never understand what Future is saying. <laughs> but he said Future wrote on the album and then he was like, Drake came through and wrote on the album, you know, dropped some bars on the album or to help him, you know, write the album. And I was like, for me, when it starts off the album, I was sold. Kurt Franklin, the chorus comes in on Ultralight Beams, and I was just like, yeah. Uh, find me a church that's playing that or singing that on Sunday, and let me get Kanye's part. Front row. I'm there. And I'm sure, I, I, how much you want to bet, though? It's going to be some church. You'll see a YouTube video within the next, maybe the next week or so. Oh, no. But at least within the next month, the th- one to three months, you're going to see a video where somebody is singing that song in church on a hoverboard just take it yeah everybody's on them fucking things i wouldn't be surprised on that and the only thing i I told people i was like if you're gonna sing it in church the only part you really got to take out is chance the rapper's part i mean you can change the three cuss words he said but other than that he referenced to this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine uh the pillow of salt like chance the rapper pretty much changed my perception of his rap game And I, yeah, I think uh, also with with uh, Kanye West is one of those things where it's like people who talk about his music and talk about how they don't like him is more so like we talked about on the break, his personal antics. You know what I'm saying? It, the camera is always on him. So you see if he slaps somebody, you see if he cussed somebody out, you see if he, you know, broke somebody's camcorder. And I, you know, like I told you guys, I was like, if it's me. And I'm if they got a camera on me twenty four seven, at some point somebody's gonna be like, This dude is a dick. He's an asshole. He's a jerk. His 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 work sucks. He's not good. I mean, it's just it's it's a part of it. But I feel like if you're gonna talk about Kanye, you need to base it off strictly his music. And do I think he has a problem? I think he does have some kind of mental illness somewhere. Maybe it's bipolar being bipolar. It's somewhere there, bro. You have to separate the two. Some of your greatest artists, you know, they were crazy. A borderline. But well, they made they made yeah. great music. That's all I really care about. 
Yeah. I mean, if I'm watching porn, I don't care if she got the girl got a boyfriend. Right. I just want to know if she's going to perform on this porno. That's it. That's all I want to know. We're going to take another quick break, man. We got to get some, uh, pay some, <laughs> we got to pay some bills and, uh, we're going to bust this thing wide open like we always do in the second hour. We're going to finish talking about Kanye West. We're going to talk about a little bit about, uh, dating and relationships. I think I'm going to read one, um, one of our emails we got from one of our listeners letting us know how he's struggling with some things in the dating game when it comes to black women. So again, you're listening to The Reality Is, and we'll be right back. Yeah, I'm up right now, got drink in my cup right now. Dank in my blunt right now, I can't give a fuck right now. Game need change, I turn that bitch upside down. I'm curious, all of a sudden you want to fuck, why now? Oh, why, why? All of a sudden you won't fuck why now? Can't even lie, I won't fuck right now. So I'm not for having two, three dudes living in the same place. Not for reasons of like gay or what. I don't give a shit about none of that. It's because niggas is not clean. I just can't stay with a dude. Nigga may not pay the bills. May not. I done told plenty of stories where I had to do where we both was staying. We were staying together and roommating, and because that sounded gay, staying together, roommating, and uh, it was like he didn't know how to manage food, bro. Like we we didn't have a job. We got six links, hot links. He ate three in one time. My nigga, we gotta eat for the week. I need you to cut a half a hot link. <laughs> a half a hot link. A ha- and one piece of bread. Or, yeah, cut it down the middle. We split this piece. Get a nah, little mustard, you, man. You be like, you got the top part of the fridge. I got the bottom. You got the left. You got the right. Yo, I can't do splitting bills. I can't do roommates. It's just yeah. simple because I'm very conscious of how I spend my money. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? And then it's like, tag. I feel you on the food thing. I think that's what's, that's the actually the pet peeve of mine. Yeah. That's the pet peeve of mine. Eating my food. Eating my shit. Drinking my shit. Drink. Yeah. Okay. That's. that's and you know you got niggas that drink it for you. You got niggas that drink it right from the gal from the um from the box, man. You gotta worry about backwash. Oh, I thought we were talking about liquor. See, that's what either or, well either or. That's that's what that's another problem. You know, because my my uh my pour in to mix up the drink may be different than your pour in. Right. You know, I may like to sip a straight forth. Right. And you may want to get a half a glass with a little coke. So nah, bro. I, I'm I'm I've just never been. I've never been big on a roommate. I've never lived with a girl. I don't know if I could do that. I'm still, you know, I'm still out here just trying to figure myself out, trying to figure my life out. Uh, as far as, as as living with a woman, I think with women, I think it could be a great thing. But uh, it's just not for me at this point in time. But I, that, that that whole roommate thing, I just, I just can't do it, bro. Yeah, I uh, I did checking up things, especially with my daughter's mom. It was cool in the beginning. Then, like, I did it wrong to where we didn't fully understand each other's personality yeah. or the way we like oh. live within our means. Yeah. And without like after the eight months, it's like, all right, I'm gonna sleep over in this room. Yeah. You know, what <laughs> I mean, like you get on my nerves. And see, that's the part I don't want to go through when you have. To, and you know, you watch movies and they be like, get out, get out, go sleep on the couch. Sleep on the couch. I pay, I pay bills I pay, too. I pay bills too. Off the bed. Hey, that's why I just bought, and I bought <laughs> the bed. You go sleep on the goddamn couch. What you talking about? I just think you know, and and it's funny that we always dive into relationship talk on the show, but I think it's it's necessary. Um, also, you know, we were talking over the break about one of the listeners. He emailed us and he basically, I'm just going to summarize it because it's too much to read or paraphrase it. But he basically was just talking about how he's been looking for. Um, specifically black women 
and how hard it is to find uh, black women. And he lives in Virginia, Richmond area. And it's a lot of black women out there. And he was just basically talking about how he couldn't find them out in the bars and stuff like that. So he started trying online and it was him and two of his homeboys. So he tried eHarmony, another one tried Match and the other one tried OkCupid. And they basically went in uh, just looking primarily for black women of different shades. It didn't matter what the shade of the black woman was. But he said he found out that a lot of times you're online and online you think that because you're paying money for these websites uh, that you're looking to get your money's worth. You know, you're looking for a dude who's efficient, a dude who's intentional, who has no agenda, who's not just about sex but they would come on find these guys in the guys that are writing these letters but they were still looking for as he said the bobby brown type dude i don't i don't know how old this nigga is is he talking about bobby brown but he's like they're still looking for the bobby brown and the jay-z type of guy so two older you know artists so he has to be probably over 35 over 40 but he was just saying how they're still looking for like that that gangster type you know dude as opposed to a dude who has some kind of self-worth you about to say something or you no i mean like i think buyer beware yeah. Buyer beware, that's important. I mean, because I, I mean, I'm just thinking about this logically. If we were able to have one mechanism, one way to go to the bar and find the love of our life, wouldn't all of us be married much younger? Already. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, I feel you, but as you were saying too, like he didn't like, he was put off by some of the comments, yeah. some of the descriptions. I'm like, they did you a service. Yeah. You can know, look the other way, because yeah. why you even want that like negativity with you? Yeah, because he was, and, and what Ken is talking about, the guy was saying that sometimes he could read the descriptions of the women and what they were looking for. And even some of them would give like in depth stories about experiences. And he was like, I could hear the black woman anger in the message that they were sending. Or he was like, they didn't put in the part where what they're looking for is a 6'4 uh, guy who's tall, dark, handsome, makes six figures, this and that. But once you started talking to him, that's what came out. He also talked about how a lot of black women wouldn't initiate the contact. They waited for them to initiate the contact. And what I said was, if you own, so if you online dating, you need to be clicking, swiping, whatever you're doing, because that means it ain't working out in your everyday life. You know how women are, you know, they try to make, you know, indirect contact or the first contact indirectly. Ain't so, that childish, though, to me? I, I To a certain degree. So, for example, you know, being at a bar, a woman going to, like, look at you. Yeah. She might have grazed upon you. So you can just kind of, you know, base that on analogy on, like, Tinder. Yeah. She swiped left and liked you or on, you know, the other ones, you know, she clicked the like, you know, so yeah. she's waiting for you to respond. So that's her first, you know what I'm saying, instance to like, hey, hey, boo. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name? Yeah. I just feel like the I mean, to go online, like I said, I just at some point, just being real, you got to drop your standards. If you are online, you got to drop your standards because that's what you did when you signed up. Because things ain't working out in everyday life, so you got to drop your standard. If he, if you initially went on and said, "I want this guy to six four, you may have to settle with five eleven. You just might. I want the dude with one hundred and sixty thousand. You may have to settle for sixty five thousand. You know what I'm saying? Long as his car ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's and not riding a bus. You know what I'm saying? He ain't riding a bus. And 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 I'm not gonna say there's nothing wrong with riding a bus, depending on what part of the city you live in. It may be just better to do that during the week right. drive your car on the weekend but I just think you gotta be realistic and I always say it's too many times I hear women talk we went out to a meeting of the minds <laughs> a couple weeks ago uh, shout out to Ronald Major he had his meeting of the minds event and it was a girl out there who was like uh, I want a guy who can be with me and understand that if I don't want to have sex I don't want to have sex and he should be okay with that now I'm not going to be rude I'll just say that one to ten looks why she didn't go past five in my book <laughs> so I'm thinking when you're trying to give out demands of what you can and cannot do 
it's going to be based off what you look like. Not to be funny, Chris, you probably could look and be like, well, you know, I want this. You know what I'm saying? People may, you know, look at you and say, oh, he's a handsome guy. You could be a little bit more picky. When you are less than a five, you need to rearrange what you're talking about and rearrange your mindset and your thinking because you can't just throw out all these obligations. That doesn't mean that you have to settle, but you may want to, if you're going to give out those kind of, you know, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Demands, right. if you will. You need to find somebody that's a five, two or less than that. Take about those demands. You can't be a five telling a guy that's a 10 that may be showing you a little interest that you got to do this, this and this and that. And, you know, you may have somebody to say, no, that's just respect. OK, well, that's respect that's going to get you by yourself continuously. Now, I feel like a lot of women, you know, not all. A lot of them have this uh, fantasy, you know, and it can be lingering from different uh, perceptions. You know, one that. Probably they have the you know father in their household, or you know they making all this money, so you know they feel like they can just do X Y Z. Yeah, you know you have to be open. You know what I mean to you know dating and being aware what you're getting yourself into. Um, you know I feel like a lot of women they just live in fantasy world. You know not every dude is more chestnut yeah. or Jesse Williams. You know whatever your flavor can be. Yeah, just be open to like does the person have a good personality? Do I think he's going to take care of my kids? Yeah. You know is he going to be around? He's going to treat me good. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know that th- those are the qualities you should be looking for you know that's why I say you know technology is a gift and a curse we so stuck on these 15 seconds of fame yeah. we overlook everything else I mean but like I mean too it's like a business almost it's give and take yeah. it's give and take like what are you bringing to the table okay like we're not having sex tonight okay are you paying the rent I mean, I could probably get down with that sometimes. Yeah. Like, you don't want to tonight, okay? But you paying the bills, so I'm up in here. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the similar situation. Like, what are you bringing to the table? Oftentimes, yeah. people are asking for someone to like move the world, move the world. But you can't, you know, you can't equal that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm on. Like, no, I agree with that. And you do get a lot of that. You get, you do get a lot of people wanting something that they don't have. And it's just like I've said before. Like for me, like if I'm dating or I'm going to find me a girl, uh, I, me personally, I would like a girl who's in shape or decent I go to the gym I take care of myself I can ask for that you know far as money I'm not rich so I'm not gonna go out and look for a woman who's making six figures but be about your business have a grind have an urgency to be successful you know why you're here because you don't know when your last day is here I want somebody who has uh, um, uh, a good taste bud you know good taste buds that that a good palate if you will, to taste and do different things. Uh, somebody who likes to travel. I like to do these things. But it's like you got too many people, especially in the black community, where we talked about elitism earlier, where it's like you got the black girls who may have a little some, may have a degree, may, you know, drive a certain car, maybe wearing a couple, you know, certain clothes, and they think that they're above certain things. And then you have some girls who never really experienced these things, and it's like you can't get them to open their mind to do anything else. So it's just hard to find that, which, not to be funny, which is where interracial dating becomes a big thing, not just black and white, but black. And Hispanic, black and Asian, black and whatever, because you all oftentimes you're looking for something different, something to learn, somebody who just it, it just seems outside of the norm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why interracial, along with, you know, uh, just being the way it's publicized on TV. That's why it's, it's becoming such a big thing, man. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like in reference to to dating. Uh, online, I definitely would say if you're going to date online, you need to be on a paid website. I just think you got better chances. We talked about it early on the break. If it's going to be one of those situations to where it's guys, uh, we may get on. We're, we're not guys are not getting on Tinder to find a girlfriend. Yeah, put your guard down. That's number one. Don't if you got you know done wrong the last time. Don't let that carry over. You know, don't come with a black woman. I hate black men. Yeah. You know, just be open because men we don't do that. You know, we could have went through. Some of us now, a lot of us do. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty of that. I may not be guilty of it to the point of like 
where I don't give any girl a chance. But like after getting hurt once before, I feel like guys, I feel like women are most women are more open to forgive and try again. Meaning because I've heard a lot of women getting hurt a lot mm-hmm. because they keep giving that chance. Guys don't get it hurt a lot because after that one initial girl or whatever it hurts you, whatever your preference is, you're like, fuck that. It's gonna take you're gonna have to move heaven and earth for me to love again. Not to be funny, that's where I'm at. You know, I was hurt one time and it's like now I, I can I can be in relationships and be okay. But it's you got you gotta do a lot to get to me. You gotta do a lot to get to me to make me be like uh, you know what? I'm thinking marriage. Um, cause yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I've been in, in in the relationship I'm in now for about three years, and I really don't contemplate marriage. And it's unfortunate because she is a great person. I've met a lot of great women that haven't made it to the you know to the point of marriage because being honest and being intentional, I am not ready, and I am not ready because the pain that I felt the first time it fucked me up so much where I'm like I can't do it so I do give respect to women because some people like my mom and other homegirls that I have that I have seen be torn down in the dumps multiple times and they just keep getting the fuck back up now they may carry something with them because at at, at 30 after 25 shit we all got baggage mm-hmm. it's just about you know it's like a suitcase did you get you a carry on or you got a whole bunch of fucking luggage on the undercarriage too as well as the carry on you know what I'm saying I feel like mine is a carry on you know I don't really want to be with somebody who has that luggage where you got to get that shit shipped to the next city because it's so much shit that you just can't leave behind so for me I think that's when it's it's about being intentional finding out who you're dating kind of like you said with you living with your first you know your girl but it's like you just gotta know I think we move too fast we get those butterflies and we we get them little butterflies and we like you know what this is it you know how many girls out in here this is it or I watch them if you watch Facebook or any kind of social media closely one girl they about to get married and then next year it's another dude and you're like well shit I thought she was about to get married yeah man that's why I shout out to my girl man she uh, you know I'm like unsensitive type of brother you know I grew up in a I'm in saying a, Way, an bro. environment, man, where you know your emotions. Like, what, what are those? Yeah, uh, <laughs> what are those? That's a lot of black men, though. Yeah, and you know, and she has to say, "Hey, I love you. I care for you. You know, what I'm saying you a great man, but here is where you lacking." Yeah. So you know, she got me the John Chapman book. You know, the five love languages. Yeah. So like, when I start reading that, I'm like, man, that makes sense now. Because yeah. a lot of men, we don't, you know, be vulnerable. We have a hard time doing it. I don't know how to be vulnerable. We, like, shit. I feel like okay, that's the point where we have to be now. You yeah. know, if we're gonna be in a good, sustainable relationship, when we get married, you gotta have some type of you know capability of being vulnerable. You have to be. And I mean, and let's just be for real about what online dating is. It doesn't guarantee that we're gonna find a relationship. No. However, it does improve our chances. It yeah. improves the probability. So I mean, like, really, just take it for what it is. What do you feel about interracial dating? What do I feel about interracial dating? Look, if you find somebody, I think that's the point. That's of the all. point of it all. That's yeah. the point of it all for me, Absolutely. at least. You know. If you find somebody Because I feel like You have a lot of people You know cause, And we all know Over the last five years We've all become Pro-black to a certain extent In a reference to Everything that we see You kind of rally With your own people And I think a lot of times I, I go through a battle of Not even just with dating uh, But just rallying Around my own people And rallying with people Who are of a different race You know You may have something Like a Trayvon Martin Situation happen And you feel closer To your own roots And you try not I know for me personally you try not to look at, uh, you know, the other races that may be doing these things in a certain light. And I know for me, back in the day, I used to be like, oh, white women? I'm not sure before I moved here. Then I got here and I was like, yeah, I could do it. And then it's like the last three years, I'm kind of like, I got white friends. I like white girls. I think they're attractive. But because of everything going on and becoming more socially awoke, awake, uh, it's like, 
yeah, yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll stick with mine and, and, and make a black baby. Or and and it's, and I hate to think that way sometimes, but it's like sometimes the way society is, you get trapped in a certain way of thinking, and that's why for me, I always try to make sure I'm engaging with different races, different genders, different types of people, you know, to where I'm not racist or looking at white people like I hate them, or I'm not homophobic where I'm looking at a gay guy like, oh, I got an issue with him. And now to be able to be that well-rounded. I'm a better person because of it. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I mean, I think about not here when you're talking about like all oh, racism, yeah, you know, like this, and like why do we stick with our races? But I mean, look at it. I mean, black on black crime—that's a myth because yeah. typically, if you're white, you're more likely to commit a crime against a white person. Black of black person, Hispanic Hispanic yeah. person who you're dating. I think that simply follows the same thing. You know, I mean, we talk about these things like so abstract, like yeah. segregation. Oh my God, you know what I'm saying? This thing, and now we're talking about again things about you know police brutality against a particular group of people. With that being said, I mean, of course, I don't think we invented that concept. We yeah. didn't invent that mindset, but I mean, that mindset. Yeah. However, we are necessarily inheritors of how, you know, all of this carries out. So, no, I, I think it makes logical sense, especially if we look at it and, like we're studying people. Yeah. You move in groups. Yeah. You move in groups. But I think, it's, I think it's deadly for us. And, you know, going back to kind of how we were talking earlier, though, it's like we move in groups, but with black people, we're not as... We're not empowering each other as much as we should. And like me and Chris were talking earlier, maybe it's a Dallas thing. I don't know. But I feel like everybody wants something. And, you know, people say, oh, nothing in life is free. You can't get something for nothing. I feel like you can. Depending on the way you look at it, I think a lot of times we're so we're so ba- we're, we we look at things in such a traditional way or, or the mon- way or a monetary way. yeah and our monetary way and it's like it's bigger than that you know like I said I've had several people come to us with the podcast and like how do you make money off of it do you want to make money and I'm like it would be great to do that but to me it's better to be able to sit down here with white people Hispanics black whatever and talk about whatever you want to talk about without somebody saying a producer in the background saying no cut that don't don't you know I feel like to be able to sit here say what you want to say freely talk about the things that you talk about you know at home with your friends where you're comfortable to be able to do it and other people hear it just like you said taking that picture with that suit on to change the image of black men this podcast is doing the same thing people if if a white person is listening in i've had white people email and talk to other co-hosts on the show and say hey i didn't know this i didn't i didn't understand that that's how you guys thought or this is why you feel how you why you feel the way you feel because nobody's telling that story so we're not out there telling our story who is it going to do it? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's the power of podcast is so major. You know what I'm saying? But to go back to like Ken was saying, you know, we, we group up and I think the grouping up thing, it's good to do. But I think it's good. like if, if we all grouped up and we like we brothers, we're going to make this business work. I think that's good as long as we're still willing to help other people, because if not, then we're no better than the people who are systematically oppressing everybody else. You have to be impactful, pur- purposeful and impactful at the same time. I was trying to well, the screen lock, but um, the reason I and, and for me, the reason I talk so much about the empowerment within the black community more so is because, like I said, since I've started the podcast, you have so many I've dealt with so many uh, things uh, and, and and obstacles that I've had to overcome. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's switching up personalities on the show or whether it's people trying to come on the show and, and do whatever they want to do or whether it's, you know, people who want to do a business and they like, hey, promote our business on the podcast. Well, what are, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm. You don't always. You don't just have to pay me for me to promote your business, but you got to do something. Right. I mean, if you're a barber, I'll give you a shout out. But am I getting a free haircut, or 
can I do my next uh, backpacks and haircuts event at your shop? You know what I'm saying? Um, if, if you are an entrepreneur or a philanthropist and you want me to do something, not to be funny, just like you, you brought this situation to me where you're like, hey, this is a platform where I can come out and tell people about the STEM projects and the engineering uh, mentoring projects. But you know what? Just like you invited me to the red carpet, you're like, hey, whoever's working with you, you get in free. You don't have to pay the $45 ticket, even though you get a lot of stuff with that $45. It's that give or take. It's a barter system. And a lot of people don't want to use uh, that barter system. We're going to... 18. Please don't try to play us. 18. Wow, 18. The differences in like um, perception, you know, perception and how people see us. And I actually think I just found me a new uh, photo and digital uh, videography buddy uh, here in Kent, man. We share a lot of passions, same passions when it comes to like uh, social media and media and stuff like that and creating content. But uh, I wanted to talk about how important is it to evolve as a person and like just surrounding yourself with people who have different views and surrounding yourself around people not to be funny when you not doing what you need to do. We'll call you on your shit. So I'll start with you, Chris. Like, how important do you think it is to evolve as a person to self reevaluate? You know, to reevaluate your the people around you as well as yourself. Ah, uh, man, that's a, that's a great question. So you know, I grew up in like South Oak Cliff, typically you know your average you know poor community. You know, you lack exposure or you know someone you can really talk to about your personal feelings or whatever. So you know, as I grew, you know, I was you know say I'm like the two year old, two year old in the room. Like, why? Why yeah. this? Why that? You know, like why? You know, it's a one word question, but it's means so much yeah so you know as i began to read i mean i was a reader you know so the more you know the more you grow yeah so you know i'm trying to be successful you know i'm trying to be a good man a good father a good husband you know saying one day so it's naturally that you want to be around those type of people you know if you want a successful business yeah or you're gonna go get your drug dealer i know you know i mean you're gonna get somebody you know that is you know reputable you know i'm saying has a good reputation so you know this is like with yourself you know when i i met you like less than a year ago a year ago yeah i instantly like gravitated like man this is a good brother yeah I, I want to be around him. Yeah. Like I don't need nothing but more conversation. Maybe some some guidance about something that hey, he done before, done before that I didn't. You know, that you didn't do. Didn't yeah. encounter. So yeah. you know, it's very important. No, I think it is. From from I know for me, I always tell people the worst thing, the thing that I hate the most is somebody who will not call me on my shit. I don't like somebody that if I have a meeting and I'm talking to you and nobody says anything back to me. I feel like I wasted my goddamn time. <laughs> I have just wasted my time. If we have an hour-long meeting, and I'm telling you what you're doing great and what you could get better on, and nobody tells me shit, I don't know. I don't want you fucking around me. Mm-hmm. Period. Because either you don't care enough about me to tell me something about myself, or you feel like that I'm okay or I'm perfect, and I know it ain't that. Which means you don't care enough about me to tell me about myself. So for me, I think it's very important to reevaluate yourself. I think it's very important to have people around you that's like, that's bullshit. Uh, prime example, like if I'm talking about fucking girls and running through these chicks at this age, I need a nigga to be like, bro, you think that shit cool? Slow down. Like, yeah, you think that shit cool at this time to just be fucking like eight girls and swiping through Tinder just doing you? That ain't cool. I need somebody that's going to tell me to sit down. I need somebody, like I tell people all the time, who the fuck in Kanye West camp saying, shut the fuck up and get off Twitter? Who was in Meek's, Meek Mill's camp saying, you, you, the nigga done defeated you. Let this nigga live because he's killing you. 
that's how you know that you don't have people in your camp. And clearly you ain't reevaluating your situation and nobody's calling or holding you accountable to do so. So with, with, what's your perspective on that, Ken? I didn't mean to skip over you. I just, when he was talking, I was like, shit, I felt it. No, I feel that. But no, I mean, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. I take this. I take an academic approach when I'm an academic. Yeah. I deal with editors. Yeah. Editors are key to my life. I can put so many ideas out on paper, but somebody has to revise it. Tell me what I'm doing better. Tell me how I can say it better. Tell me what I'm not addressing. Yeah. So with this being said, like if I'm close to a person and we're like really cool, if you've gone through something, I can just number one sit and listen to your experience and just gain a value. I mean, gain a wealth of information. Yeah. I shouldn't be able to make certain same. I shouldn't make the same mistakes if somebody is close to me, if somebody's schooling me yeah. and telling me what to do. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. Like, what 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 sense would that make for you know like Kobe Bryant to say, I'd never listen to Phil Jackson. Yeah. So I'm thinking about that like it's a coach. Like even not even that. Like who's the board of directors you running decisions yeah. by? Run you know, running ideas by before you make decisions. Yeah. I'm I'm big on the idea. You gotta expose yourself. You I think it's and I think it's stuff. dangerous if you don't. If you continuously are doing things and saying things and nobody's pulling you to the carpet to say, hey, chill the fuck out, bro. You don't know it all. Mm -hmm. You don't know everything. The only people in my life off the top of my head that I can think to do that that are close to me. I know Artesia does it. My mom does it. Uh, my brother will. I got a homeboy back home uh, by the name of Derek. He do it. You know what I'm saying? And as I get closer, I, honestly, I haven't really met anybody here yet. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's what makes me second guess things. Like I said, if you're somebody who's like, I don't know this, but I do know this, and nobody's calling you out on it. Nobody. I, I don't think I've been called out outside of the people I just named since I've been here. Wow. <laughs> Which lets me know. Like I said, I look at it and say, they don't care enough about me to call me out. They don't care enough about me to correct me or say anything about it. Now, the thing about it is when you're going to call somebody out or inform somebody, make sure that it's not just an opinion. Have something to back that. So, like, if I'm telling Ken, hey, man, um, let's shoot photography later on today. And... Um, I heard you were using Adobe Premiere to do this. Well, it's something better than Adobe Premiere to do that. And I just tell you it's something better. Well, what is that something better? Mm -hmm. How can I do better if you're telling me? Right. What? How do you know that it's better? Did you do it? Is it something that I'm doing wrong while you're implementing or giving me this advice? Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to have those kind of people around you. And if you don't, it literally, to me, I feel like it could be deadly. To the people who, like, say, for instance, you got, and I had a couple of notes, the rapper. You got people around here still trying to rap. Nigga, if you ain't on by after 30, you got to let it go. Stop wasting your money on CDs and all of that shit and get a job. It's right. over. If right. you are a ball player right. and you ain't in the league now, right. it's over. Hoop at the Y, right. hoop at LA Fitness, right. but nigga, get a dreamer. Right. If you are a, a, a player, like we were saying earlier, messing with all these women, at some point it got to get old. Right. It got to get old. And the dudes, uh, uh, the dudes who who run around with multiple women, they're missing something. Mm -hmm. They're missing the one. It was a phase. I tell a story all the time. It was a phase between like twenty five and twenty eight. Well, that was me running them up. I didn't give a damn if you was married, if you had a boyfriend, anything. Mm -hmm. It was me. But at some point, you got to grow past that. And when you're doing that, that's really, after doing it for so long, that's one of the loneliest times of your life when right. you're just out there running amok. Because right. at some point, you're going to be like, you may have that girl that's always answering the phone when you've been smashing y'all and had this relationship. But at some point, you ain't going to want nothing, but she going to want something. Mm -hmm. And she's going to get a dude, and you're going to call thinking you can still smash. She's going to be like, I ain't going to be able to come out tonight. Right. <laughs> Nigga, that's the coldest shit. <laughs> I had that happen to me, and I'm like, well, fuck. She doesn't. 
I mean, we was having fun, but she wanted more. She got tired of that. That's what, that's that point when you just mentioned you got to like look at yourself. Yeah. Like realize like what am I missing? Don't keep going on to the next to the next. The Take time to yourself. Like hey, you know, like for me, when I used to do the same thing. Like I'm glad my dirt is in like Florida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when I moved back home You know it was like Clean slate Yeah I went through that period Why, why was that So I had to take some time You know I took like Eight months Like yeah. you know what I think it's stand for me Not having a close relationship With my mom Yeah I'm always looking for that Yeah You know what I mean So once I realized that I'm like okay I need to change up How I, how I talk to women Don't always try to have sex with them Yeah Be, be a friend It's okay to be a friend yeah. Sometimes you know Just yeah. because she pretty Don't mean you always Gotta yeah, smash. smash Yeah You know what I mean Yeah Because you need that perspective How'd you put that connection together I'm just curious Oh man, a lot of a lot, a lot of smashing. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> smashing dash. <laughs> um, you know, no, it came to a point where you know I was realizing like I'm dating too many women. Yeah, I'm not getting to the point where I'm trying to get to know them. Yeah, I'm just worried about their physical attributes and how big their big their booty is. Yeah, you know how pretty their faces. Yeah. you know, and not really taking the time to see their personality and the red flags or yeah. trying to like make something you know substance. Uh, when I started putting that together, you know, um, that happened like right before maybe a year before I had my daughter. Then when I had my daughter, that kind of like solidified and put everything in perspective. It's like, okay, I understand now, you know, because these women that I'm doing like this, they're going to have the perception of the next guy. Yeah. And the next guy might be better than me. Yeah. Might not be as good as looking at me, but, you know, not <laughs> that light skin syndrome just came out. <laughs> But he has some good I know he's joking. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm they they may not kidding. know you, so yeah, I know you're joking. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yo, but I'm just—I mean, I'm just wondering what it takes to get that honest with yourself in the first place. Yeah, you know, I'm just like wondering what does it take? What type of thought processes, what like has to happen to you for you to get like this introspective and get right? Yeah, because that, that takes a lot. For me, it was down in the dumb days. I mean, like I say, when, when, when the time that like after getting my heart broken, I was just running through the women. It was one time I went. I, I met. I think I tell the story. I was on match. And I met this chick And she was a uh, teacher Out in Grand Prairie And we went to I think we went to Nilo So you know I met her She was beautiful she, You know cool So we talking And the conversation was great She was very affectionate Which I like that from women She was very confident In who she was And literally the first date Felt like the 20th date Like it was It was amazing bro But I was still doing my shit On the side And I never forget one day She called me And her name was Ashley And I had like five Ashleys On my phone And the story that was told when she called me I was talking to her still not really knowing who she was until I said something because at that time I was smashing this married chick named Ashley so I was when she said something I referred to it as a situation of the married chick and she was like I don't know what the fuck you talking about womp womp and I was yeah bro I was like huh and I was like oh and that right then bro mm -hmm. and she was just like uh, clearly you got too much going on you got too much on your plate uh, so you can lose my number and yeah and when that happened I was like fuck because I really liked this chick mm -hmm. but it was nothing that I could say to change that and being a man and being a person who respects women and respect my mother, I wasn't respecting women at that time. So I don't have a kid or anything, but it was a point where I was just like, I don't want to be seen as this dude who devalues women so much. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know your name. And I don't respect you enough to know you when I'm talking to you. Like, not to be funny, I should have known her voice, bro. But I was such a dick and selfish at the time. I didn't even know her voice, bro. I know another key thing, key thing with me, too, man. A lot of chicks that um, I was, like, smashing with and become Facebook friends, I look back at them now. Most of them are married. Yeah. Mm. 
Nigga, if I look at 10 girls I used to be with, if eight of them probably married and the other ones in serious relationships. So the common denominator is who? You. Myself. You. You. So it's got to be something. But you know what? That's the word. That, like Ken said, that's the hardest thing for niggas to do is look in the mirror and say, I am the reason why my friendships are failing. I am the reason why my relationships are failing. failing and I am the reason why I have not reached a certain level of success or relationship success that I want. So I'm just trying to think through this, though. So, like, do we have to have something major, something dramatic, something like boom, bam, to happen before we can even start making change? I don't think you have to. I think it can be, not to be funny, like I said, somebody calling you on your shit or making yeah. you aware of it. If you have that, those kind of people around you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a homeboy one time, and I, I don't know when I told I think I told it on here, but we were talking about messing with white girls. And he was like, you've been messing with a lot of white chicks lately. Would you marry one or are you just fucking... And when he said that I was like I ain't even think about that But when he asked me I was like I'm just fucking right now mm. And he was like Bro you gotta You gotta do better than that Yeah And when he said that I was like Alright Bet But you know how We talking about these networks You know we've been talking about Like how do we develop networks And things like this I mean It seems like Going back to home With the dating situation yeah. I'm like If you win some positive networks Does it not seem like Someone might You know Speak up for you Introduce you to that Single friend yeah. Or is that like Just you know Am I just dreaming And thinking that But I'm just like How do we get outside Of ourselves Well I think a lot of times With guys And like you just said it, How do we get outside Of ourselves I've come in a lot of Situations where I'm Hanging out with guys And if a girl Let's just say a girl Us three hanging out And a girl likes Kenton you got a lot of niggas who are like, well, she's attractive. I like her, <laughs> yeah, but she don't like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you ain't going to introduce him right. to her because you want her, but you can't have her. Right. Niggas want every girl. Mm-hmm. You can't have every girl. I always have a Martin reference. When Martin was getting married, before he got married, uh, when well, he was taking so long to get married, and you know he gave that whack-ass proposal to Gina, Pam was like, all men act like they waiting and holding out like they're going to miss some freak train. It ain't never coming. It's never coming. You get what you get, and you got to move on. But the reason, like you said, about the introducing is every guy feels like he can have every woman, or he should, and they're not going to introduce him. And like I said, it's something subconsciously where guy, you got a lot of guys that are like they 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 bitch made, they bitch made, or like people say they a fuck boy to where it's like. Why wouldn't you introduce this girl to this guy if this guy's a decent guy? One thing I would not do, I would not introduce a good homegirl to a shitty ass dude. Oh, absolutely. Even if I know he's my homeboy, mm-hmm. if he's a dog, I'm not introducing you to him. And I had, I've had a lot of niggas be like, who is that? What's that about? Ah, oh, she cool. Yeah. You smash? Nah, I ain't smash, but she straight. And I leave it there. You want to holler, you go holler on your own, but I'm not going to set her up with that bullshit. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, that's why it's funny because, you know, we're talking about the differences, especially in online dating, about how women are sensitive in some ways. I got to just be real. I think some of my homeboys are sensitive. Yeah. If you a hater, you're sensitive about something. Yeah. If you're hating on me, if you don't want to see me do well, you're insecure about something, that's a sensitivity. That's, yeah. It just looks so much different. Yeah. You know? And guy, and I think guys always try to act like we don't have these emotions. And Gary has talked about that on the show a lot of times. We're complex creatures and we have so many levels to us. But men are just emotional, just as emotional, if not more emotional than women. When you when if you get mad at a homeboy and you just because you don't tell him, mm-hmm. that don't mean you're not emotional. Right. You going home and you still thinking about that shit. Mm-hmm. If you feel like he crossed. I know I'm emotional. I'm emotional to the point if I feel like somebody ain't doing shit, I'm going to tell you. And even if it don't work out and we don't stay friends, you know what? So fucking what? But I only know how to tell you what it is. I don't sugarcoat nothing. I don't know how. You're going to either be cool with me or you ain't. 
And one thing I hate when you tell people about themselves is those who rationalize their shit. Don't rationalize your shit. Yeah. Eat that motherfucker and swallow it. Just own up to it. Own up to that shit. You and and if even if you don't feel like that's what you're doing at that time, go home and reevaluate. Self reevaluate the situation. Calm down. Allow yourself not to be mad. That even goes back to me, like I like I've said before, in a relationship that I was in. I've been in relationships where when it doesn't work out, I blame the girl. And then like a year later, I kind of be like, damn, I can see how it got to this point. I, I mean, I maybe not been the worst guy. Because none of us like to look and be like, fuck, I fucked up. I dragged her through the mud. When you look back, sometimes you can be like, I can see how she got to that point. It's just like when somebody cheats. It, it, either man or woman, you're either just a dog and you're going to cheat or you got to a point of not getting something you needed. And it happens. You know what I'm saying? You just Something just kept getting put on that plate to where you're like, you know what? I'm not getting it here. I got to go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? And that's a whole other conversation for another day about how to leave a situation. Because a lot of people, when they know they're done, they don't know how to leave. Yeah. The situation They try to do Whatever they want to do Still And still have this person here Because you're connected And you're comfortable mm-hmm. But you should just leave right. Or take time to yourself To figure out If that's really what you want A lot of times though With feelings We put visors on Yeah You talking about guys Or just period Just everybody yeah. Especially guys You know Because we have this mantra Like man We got to be hard We got to be tough We got to show like We don't give a fuck You know what I'm saying But deep down We really do But it's nothing shit, wrong You ain't crying that. in front of them You crying somewhere Exactly In the bathroom Somewhere Nigga I remember one day I was so pent up With whatever was going on and I was listening to something And nigga Tear around down my face I was like What is going on right now But I had so much yeah. Pressure Built up And so many things That I hadn't said To girls Or in situations Where I'm like I can't allow This is unhealthy It's unhealthy To not say What you feel Or express How you feel And it, <clears throat> and if you're in a situation Where you feel like You can't do that Again You need to reevaluate Your whole situation You know what This is funny I mean like I'm just connecting Two subjects Because first we started Off talking about What's the importance Of just like Growing evolution Yeah Now like this As a person Then now you're talking About when you get Too comfortable We tend to stay places Yeah I think the same thing Works for friends yeah. When people won't Call you on your stuff But you know they the time you can turn up with them. Yeah, you can turn up with them. You kind of start thinking about you know I'm comfortable. I'm having fun. I don't want to make new friends, even though my friends not really pushing me forward. Yeah, and things like that. So no, I think that's just like a dope way to just look at it in general. Like don't get too comfortable. So you think even with friendships, if you feel like it's not something where people are calling you out or pushing you forward, you should probably reevaluate it and maybe leave that situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I think you know what though that's funny. I think leaving a friendship. We got about five minutes left. I think leaving a friendship is harder than leaving a relationship. Though, think about it. Yeah, like just say you and your boy Josh. If it don't work, you know, if y'all whatever, you just feel like you know what I'm cool with him, even though he may not be doing this. I've been around him too long. It's hard to find new friends. Absolutely, it's hard to find new friends that will. I've met very few people in Dallas. When I met them, they were cool. They were like, "Hey, what you doing?" And I remember the first time I had a guy call me consistently, like, "Let's hang out." I remember asking RT, I was like, "Is he gay?" Do you think he may be gay? And I was like, I'm not tripping. I just don't. I've never had a guy call me this much to hang out with me mm-hmm. that found me cool enough to say, I want to rock with this dude. Not to be funny. Even hearing you say it, it's, it's an honor for you to be like, hey, I saw this guy and I'm like, I'm cool with him. You called me several times about things. I met Ken a couple, you know, a couple months ago and I've reached out to him several times or just, I mean, bro, and I'm going to be hanging out with him more after finding out about the, some of the passions that we share. Yeah, but it's cool. like, you got to have, you got to be open minded to drop. I'm going to tell you like this. 
I'm so ready to drop friends now. <laughs> Nigga, it's like, I, you know how you pull, you got a, some change in your pocket and you pull your <laughs> hand out your pocket and some change just might hit the ground. Nigga, get on. That's where I'm at with my shit. I mean, you have to be like that, man, because, I mean, as humans, you know, we're not robots. No. Uh, it's not like an engineer where I, I make this awesome program and make this robot do something. Yeah. He's going to be very redundant because nothing has been added. Yeah. Humans, we're not we're not meant to be that way. Yeah, we're not. And I mean, it's like again, of course, you're saying what you need. If you're not getting what you need, yeah. what you need to grow. If someone say, "Look, look, bro, you party too much. You yeah. need to you need to focus on work. Yeah. You know, you got a promotion to come up to. Yeah. You you up for a promotion next? Like where are the where are those types that type yeah. of encouragement? Period? Nigga, you need to stop dating. You ain't got no money. Stop dating. Stop dating. Yeah. Stop yeah. dating. Thank you. Thank stop you. dating. You gaining too much weight. Push your ass away from the table. Right. You making us look bad out here. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> First, let's say shout out to friends who will tell you when it's time to go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shout out to those friends. Nigga, I'll walk with you. Shout out to those friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That might be why the online dating don't work sometimes. Don't work, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, and that they- is the worst. So, like, <laughs> women and men start with the angles, the filters. Can we get frontals and full bodies? <laughs> no more shoulder shit. No more shoulder shit. I need to leave. If I'm online, I need to at least see from your navel up. <laughs> Get that face picture. I'm telling you, bro. I mean, yeah, it's like there. it's the point where you have to see baby pictures. But you know, you know that uh, you, I, they have uh, this tutorial on YouTube on how to take selfies at the perfect angle with the perfect lighting to where you look better than what you really do. Like women have mastered this. Yeah. See, I do photography, and I've had people be like, "Can you slow?" No, I'm not. I don't do that. I'm not yeah. that. Well, you get we we could cancel this appointment because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna take ten pounds off you. <laughs> the only thing I may do is clear up your skin because number one, you want your picture to look. It's your product. Mm-hmm. So that's about it. I'm going to make things look a little bit more crisp, like your edge or whatever. But I'm not making you lose weight. I'm not changing the color of your suit. If you come out there with a hole in your clothes, you're going to have a fucking hole in your clothes. That just won't go on my website. you to go to your shit. You can keep it for your personal use. But no, I'm not. I'm, it's too much fake shit. You've, we've seen all these videos and we're running out of time. But you see all these videos where it's like girls look totally different and they put that makeup on and you like, who? Is this for you? <laughs> and what happened? And niggas is getting into the game now. Oh man, have you seen the uh, the man week? Yeah, I saw it with the, where he put it on and he shaved it down. Oh, man, he got a high and he had top. a box like yours. Oh yeah. man, fresher than mine. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. That is scary. It was like he looked like George Jefferson. Uh, prior to getting that shit, I was like, "How the fuck?" He Yo, had a sunroof. Yeah, check this out. he had a sunroof, and then he had like what you and Chris got. <laughs> Full yeah. top, full, full top. top, bro, with the fade on I the mean, side yeah, and everything. Just, I mean, your same hairstyle, same hairstyle, full bro, weave. with a weave, bro. And he trimmed it up and faded it on the sides. Yo, that was crazy. It was legit though. No, nah, it was fresh. I would be depressed though, because when you when you when, when I mean, what you gonna do? Just keep getting it? Because at some point, you got to take that shit off, and then you got to look at yourself and say, "This is who I am." This is who I am. But that's the society we live in. Like, we got to change it. That's why you got to be very cautious with your friendships. Same thing. And before we go, because I need to read a couple of announcements. Uh, it's just like when you hear rapping. Every rapper got a nine and a ten inch dick. I'm pretty sure every rapper in the game ain't got a big dick. <laughs> and it's like every time you hear a rap song, you be like, really, nigga? Like, all y'all? Kendrick Lamar, T.I., all of them got nine inch, ten inch dicks. Shit, I mean, maybe it's Atlanta. I don't know. Maybe I need to be 
Uh, you got to buy. I don't know what the fuck it is. But before we go tonight, again, we're going to do our 50th show. It is a uh, at a disclosed location, but we will have video and pictures, and the podcast will be posted on next week. Uh, Chris, tell them about your thing. Uh, how they can find that next Saturday, um, the uh, Nasby Ninth Annual STEM Scholastic Fundraiser is going to be at the South Dallas Culture Center next next Saturday, February 27th from 7 to 9:30. You can go to Nasby Wine. Uh, Tasting dot Eventbrite uh, Nesby N S B E uh, Wine Tasting, or you can go to Nesby DFW on Facebook or Instagram for sure. And uh, also, Culture Shock is right down the pipeline. We're looking to have more details available for you at www.therealityis.com. So stay uh, up to date there, and we'll let you know about tickets and all of that where you can purchase them at by next month. Also, be sure to follow us at The Reality Is that's T H A The Reality Is on Facebook. Uh, Instagram and Twitter and where can they find you at on social media Ken yo check me out at K Ramsey at K-R-A-M-B-S-Y and you can follow the class conversations through my social networking as well alright and where can they find you at on social media Chris uh, Christopher B. Lewis on Instagram uh, Christopher Lewis on Facebook alright and you can find me at Sir Robert Poe on uh, Instagram and on Facebook and I always remember inhale curse to excel success yeah. five more five in a row day at your door from Laron down to the mo. Can't get out of my head. Can't keep taking these meds. Five in a row. Yep. I want some more. Yup. Five more. Five in a row. Yup. They at your door from Laron down down to the mo. Can't get out of my head. Can't keep taking these meds. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your face. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.